Hello, my friends, and welcome to Worship at Carmen United Church for July 12th of 2020. My name is Reverend Nick Phillips, and I am the pastor here, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. This week, we gather to continue exploring what is normal. What is normal in the views of the world and in the view of God? Last week, we looked at the environment, and today we're going to take a look at leadership. Let us pray. Holy God, we gather now as your holy church. You are the author of all life as we exist within your creation. As we continue to explore what normal means in our world and in your kingdom, we ask you, God, to show us what it means in our own lives as we seek to live as your children, following in the footsteps of your Son, our Redeemer and Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today we are reading from the Gospel of John, and in particular, how John the Baptist carries himself as a leader in the community, as we read from John 1, 19-31. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may you be among us as we center on your word for us this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. 
I was in grade 10, and I was called to the guidance counselor's office. I had no idea why. The guidance counselor sat me down in her office and told me that I had been identified by people in the school as a leader. I had and still have no idea who nominated me, but as, but as a result of this nomination, which was supported by others, I had the opportunity to go to a leadership development camp that summer. I was shocked. I was honored. I was confused. I had no idea really what to think. But I was being given the chance to attend a week-long camp at Acadia University with other identified leader students from across Nova Scotia. At the time, I had no idea I was considered a leader within the school, particularly as a grade 10 freshman in high school. I never, ever saw myself in that role. I was just a kid trying to get through school without causing too much trouble. That's all. Now, when I went, the week itself was quite good. It was a very good experience. I made some friends. Uh, I believe I did develop somewhat as a leader in my skills over the course of the camp. And it certainly did change how I saw myself and myself in the community. And it also gave me a bit of confidence that any 16-year-old boy could use at that time in their life. Now, we're never really sure how other people see us, right? Are we leaders? Are we followers? What are we capable of? So often, it's when we see ourselves through the eyes of others that we start to really realize what it is we are capable of. Now, a few years ago, I was talking with a friend, and almost in passing, this trusted friend said she saw a certain character trait within me, one I hadn't even realized I have. But as I thought about her words, over that night and the next day, it dawned on me, she's right. By realizing I have this particular trait within me, it totally explained some of the events that have happened in my life, particularly over the last uh, 10 or 15 years. I never realized it for myself, but yet my good friend, and pretty much a, a passing comment, really, she helped me recognize something about myself that I was never aware of before. And now that I know I carry this particular trait, I am aware of how it impacts others around me, which is in both good and bad ways. So depending on the situation, I, I now know I may need to be careful in some circumstances around certain people. Again, this is not necessarily a, a good or a bad thing. It's just something that I am now aware of. There's always pros and cons as to who we are and how we interact with those around us. But I have a new awareness now. This, we need to be aware of who we are as people. 
I mean, it applies to so many things in our lives. It applies to our relationships. It, it applies to our work. It applies to our homes, our communities, our, our, our churches. What makes up our character as children of God impacts so many other things. It also applies and impacts how we lead. John the Baptist is, is a very important person in the Bible, although we don't hear a lot about him. Just a few verses here and there in a, in a few of the Gospels. We know, for instance, that he's a cousin of Jesus, born to Elizabeth and Zechariah, not long before Jesus himself is born. We know that Elizabeth was considered barren when she found out she was with child. Uh, we also know that she and Zechariah were older in years, considered well beyond the age of bearing children. We know that when Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to visit Zechariah when she was pregnant with Jesus, uh, John leapt in Elizabeth's womb at the sound of Mary's voice when she entered the home. So before John was even born, he recognized the presence of the Messiah in his midst. John was a special child, clearly. As John grew into adulthood, we know he became a bit of an eccentric fellow, living off the land, dressing a little bit differently, eating different things than what people would normally eat. But even then, people flocked to him because of what he taught and because of his charisma and his leadership. He was well-known, but it really made no sense that he was well-known. He didn't come from any particularly important family. He was just a modern-day preacher's kid who kind of liked to talk and tell stories. Yet he still, he, he, he embraced this role God had given him. He saw his job as, to, as one uh, who prepared people for the coming Messiah. Now, we don't know if he and Jesus hung out together at family reunions. We don't know if they had any kind of interaction while they were growing up. Now, we get hints that uh, when we read Scripture, we get hints that they did not know each other growing up. But we do know John saw himself as a prophet. A prophet in a very important time in the history of the world. Now John's leadership style is quite different than what we see in the world generally and particularly in his own time. He didn't demand any kind of allegiance to himself. He didn't use his influence to build up his own wealth or, or to build up his own power. John had an incredible gift that allowed him to reach many people with a message. And he used his time well. And he used it not for his own personal gain, but he used it for an even greater purpose. There are many people who carry such gifts like charisma and leadership, and they use them for their own personal gain. 
regardless of what it does to others. They use it to build up their own images, often beyond, though, what they can sustain for a long period of time. We see all kinds of stories like this. And it's particularly hard when we hear these stories about men and women who claim to be representing Jesus Christ in the world. When it all comes crashing down, and it often does, people get hurt. And we no one wants to see people get hurt. Now when I talk about Christian leaders, I don't mean just the big television evangelists that have made the news over the last you know, number of decades. I personally know of businessmen, Christian businessmen, who use their own charisma, use the charisma and their leadership for their own personal gain. And when they are caught, well, they actually do more damage to the church than good. I know they have turned people away from Christianity. I know they have turned people against the church. I know this because I've talked to the people they've hurt. I've talked to the people who feel they've been betrayed by people who claim to be from God. Now, John the Baptist, he had a, he had a huge following that he could have very easily capitalized on it. As people lined up to hear him speak, uh, as they lined up to be baptized by him, he could have very easily made a very nice profit and lived very comfortably. But what did he say in our reading from the Gospel of John? He said, Among you stands one you do not know. He is the one that comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He's saying, I'm not so great. I just have a job to do. The true leader, the person we all need to go to, he's coming. And John says, I'm not even worthy enough to untie his shoes. So when we look at John, he is about as humble a leader as you could ever imagine. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people have come to hear him, to learn from him, to, to hear what he has to say, to be baptized by him. But what does he say? He says, just wait. I'm nothing compared to what's coming next, he says. What kind of leader do you want in your life? Would you rather a leader who demands allegiance and loyalty like many of the kings and rulers of John's time and even a few of our own time? Or would you prefer a leader who says, we're in this journey together. Let's see where it goes. What would you prefer? Now, my friends, it's been four months four full months since we've worshipped together in this church. Four long months. And today we know it'll still be at least two more before we open our doors to worship in this place again. And, and even then, we aren't sure what things are going to look like. We don't know what church is going to look like at that point. This is our journey 
right now. And as part of this journey, I, I have a question to ask. Now, I don't know the answer, but I'm hoping you will help me and our church council find the answers we're looking for. The question I want to ask you today is this. What is next for our church? What is next for our church? Now, the question is not about weekly worship. The question is about leadership, in particular, community leadership. Now, John the Baptist, he, he didn't have any kind of building that he taught from. He lived out in the woods. He was actually somewhat hard to find. Yet people sought him out. They recognized his leadership, his wisdom, and they wanted to learn from him. Now, this was not the normal practices of the day. The normal was for people to stand on the street corner and preach their message, whipping up the crowd to follow them and to do it for their own personal gain. The normal was for kings and leaders to demand loyalty and allegiance, to, to treat them as gods, gods to be worshipped, forsaking all others. That was the normal. John, though, didn't work that way. He modeled a, a new way to lead. He showed us uh, a new normal. And likewise with Jesus, he only visited the temple, a building, a couple of times, as was the custom of his day. He would go kind of weekly. He did teach a few impromptu lessons just a couple of times. But where did the bulk of his work happen? It happened in the streets and the homes around Jerusalem and Israel. If we follow the leadership of John the Baptist and, and, and Jesus in the examples they set out before us, we learn they did their most effective outreach, their most effective leadership, their most effective teaching and leading when they mingled with the people they were ministering to. They didn't wait for people to come to them in their building. Rather, they went out where the people are. And what happened? People came in droves to hear them and to stay with them. Now, another consideration in the content of their messages, uh, John said, there's someone better coming. John was preparing people for when Jesus would walk among them. Even John's own disciples left John and began to follow Jesus. Did John have a problem with that? Did he say, stop, wait, you know, where are you going? No. John actually said, look, there's the Lamb of God. And his, his, his disciples got up and followed Jesus. John let them go because he knew it was better for them to follow Jesus. John pointed out, he pointed out Jesus to his followers. And when he did it, he fully expected them to get up and leave. That was his ministry. To point out to his followers and all those around them who the real leader is. 
And when, even when we look at the ministry of Jesus, he often at times would, would deflect as well. He would deflect to the one who is greater than him. He pointed people to God. He said, if you know me, then you'll know my father. Jesus wanted people to get to know the one who sent him, his father God, who is our father God. So what does good leadership look like in a, in a biblical sense? No, it looks like John. It looks like Jesus. Two humble, charismatic leaders who know they are simply servants of someone who is greater. Their job is to encourage people to get to know the one they serve. As the church... And as we look at who we serve, what is our future? What is next for us? What is the normal we need to strive for in this ever-changing world? I believe the church needs to take on the role of being a leader in our communities. Not by the normal rule, role we, we see leaders take, to build up their own profile, to build up their own support. That's not what biblical leadership is about. But to be more like John the Baptist, pointing people to the true leader, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus, the one God sent to this world in order to save it and bring God's children back into relationship with our Father who is in heaven. Now someday, someday we will worship together again in person. But to be honest, that's not, the important, that's not the most important thing right now. I believe what is most important right now is to find the normal that God wants us to live when the dust settles from all this pandemic. What kind of leadership are we going to offer in a world that continues to distance itself from our Creator, our, our Father in heaven. Now, this is not just a question for Carmen, but it's a question for all churches that I hope we're all struggling with it in these days, struggling with that question. How can the church recapture its prophetic leadership, pointing people to Jesus? and changing lives, just like John the Baptist. Do we dare be courageous enough to seek out a new normal, to take this opportunity to find God's normal in this crazy, chaotic world all around us? Do we seek out a normal, which means we may need to give up some things that we hold dear to our hearts and, and dear within our churches? And to do so, to embrace something greater that God has in store for us? How bold are we feeling these days? A tough question, I know. In John the Baptist, we see a godly model for leadership. Not lifting up oneself, but rather the one who is greater than all of us. And submitting ourselves to his wisdom 
and his guidance as God brings us back to the normal he wants to see in this world. The world as he created it. The world that he loves every bit that he created, including you as his precious child. The church was never meant to be something that conforms to the world around us, but rather to stand out and make people aware of God who is among us all. That is the normal that John shows us in his life. And we also see it in the life of Jesus and also in the lives of the apostles who came after Jesus and continued his work. So what is normal these days? Of course, it's not too much right now, it seems. That's for sure. But what is normal going to look like when things calm down, when the pandemic seems to have passed? I'm not sure. But I do know God has a plan And if we embrace the leadership that he offers us, I know, I know great things are in store. So I invite you to join me and other church leaders as fellow children of God to seek God's wisdom, to pray for it, to pray for it in our own lives and in the life of our churches. Let's all take this journey together seeking to follow the normal that God is inviting us to model for the world that is around us. Amen. Would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the gifts you have given your children. You have appointed some to be leaders, some to be followers, but no matter what the gift you have given, we are blessed to share these gifts through our church and into our communities. Lord, as we struggle with what to do next in this upside-down world right now, help us to submit to your leadership in our lives, in our churches, in our homes, and in our communities. May we, as followers of Jesus, learn to trust in your unending love and guidance. We know, O God, you have great plans for your church and all of your creation. Help us, Lord God, to see what it is you are asking of us and give us courage to follow. Help us to be strong but yet humble leaders in this world, pointing people toward your gift to us. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, so lives may be changed. Part of our role in leading is to pray and hope and love for those who are around us. And so today we pray for those who are in leadership in our nation. We pray for our governments at all levels, federal, provincial, municipal. We pray that you will touch their hearts with your loving and gentle guidance as they, seem to, as they try to navigate this tricky world we are in right now. We pray for our our neighbors. We pray for our loved ones who are in need of your help these days. We think especially of those today who who are mourning a loss in their life and they are unable to seek the comfort they need 
We pray, O oh God, that you will bless them and watch over them and, and help them uh, find that comfort in these days. We also know that those who are sick or, or those who are awaiting tests are also feeling particularly anxious and, and burdened these days. So we lift them up to you as well. May you bless them with, with healing. May you bless them with hope. May you guide the doctors, the, the, the specialists, and, and watch over them all in your love, all with your love. Lord, there, there is so much more we can be praying for these days. So guide our hearts as we lift up the people around us, as we lift up the causes of this world, including ourselves. May we all know your presence in our lives this day, through your Holy Spirit, through those uh, who are part of our lives, even. We thank you, Lord, for all we have and for all that is to come as we lead from a position of humble servant of you, our Most High God. Lord, we turn all of our prayers to you, prayers for ourselves, our churches, our community, our world, and we lift them up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.